The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. This is Cruise Radio. I cruise a lot, and I always sail with travel insurance. You should, too. Get a free quote today at tripinsurance.com. Here we go. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. Joe is with us this morning to talk all about the brand new Carnival Jubilee. He joins us on the line now. How you doing, Joe? Doing great, Doug. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. Can't wait to hit a, a comprehensive review of this ship because I was on it, as you know, just for... Two or three nights, and there was no passengers on board, so I really couldn't experience like an authentic Carnival Jubilee sailing. So uh, that's why we have you on here. So, well, as we always do, we'll take a step back here and get some pre-cruise thoughts from you. What made you want to take this seven-night cruise on Jubilee? Well, Doug, this was a, a great opportunity to get on board the Jubilee. Just to take you back, back in two thousand and three, I stepped aboard my very first cruise ever, which was on the Carnival's Jubilee out of Galveston back in 2003, and that kind of started my love for cruising. And uh, this actually celebrated my 25th Carnival sailing on this new Carnival Jubilee. You got that white card now, or at least just for uh, one sailing. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the first time I ever received a white card. Right. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty special. You live up in the Oklahoma area, I should say over, I guess, from Florida. Is that a quick little drive down to the Gulf Coast, or do you fly? You know, both are good options, Doug. We are about eight and a half hours on a drive down to Galveston, and it's, you know, you you take a day before the cruise and drive down and stay on Galveston Island, and and it's it's what we did on this trip, and it was a, was a, a good drive. You go to Embark at Carnival Jubilee out at Terminal 25 there. Now, have you been to this terminal before? Like last time you sailed Jubilee, was it out of T25 down there? And also the enhancements. Are the enhancements as good as, say, that new Carnival Terminal in Port Miami for a celebration? Yes, Doug. In fact, it was the exact same terminal. Of course, it's been upgraded, remodeled, and refreshed three or four times since those days. Mm-hmm. But it was the exact same terminal area. You know, we've sailed throughout the years Princess out of the same terminal nearby. Now, Rural Caribbean has since built a new terminal near there, just up the road. And so there's there's a lot of refurbishments, a lot of investment going on there at the port has really brought it up to date, makes it a pretty streamlined process. And is it like the Carnival Celebration Terminal in Miami with all these new enhancements? You know, it it, it is as far as passenger flow. I would say Miami may have it a little more streamlined just because it's a little newer facility. Mm-hmm. Now, Galveston, of course, it, it tends to bottleneck as you're entering into the, the the pier complex itself. But once you get in, you know, they've got the, the divided aisles and, and they move you through pretty quickly. I mean, you know, it's it's a, a big line that's a, a herd of people trying to move through and they've got the boarding times, you know, set up nowadays to where if you show up on your boarding time, you get through reasonably quickly. 
Do they enforce that over there as well? If you say you had a two o'clock boarding time and you show up at 1130? You know, I did see a few guests being stopped and turned around, which is, is sometimes is odd, but at least they're trying to enforce that somewhat. We had a 1030 boarding time, and I think we showed up at about, oh, 1045 or 11. And, uh, and really, we never stopped walking. We just walked right through the doors, right into the lines, right through check-in, right through security, right past the the guys taking the photographs and right onto the ship. We never stopped. Very nice. So you make your way. Actually, how long did it take you then from curb to ship? I would say 10 minutes curb to ship. All right. You're on Carnival Jubilee. It's time to get some first impressions. I'm sure a lot different than the original Carnival Jubilee. <laughs> you know, it's it's been so long. It, it's, sometimes it's hard to remember what it looked like whenever you stepped into the atrium of the, of the very first Jubilee. But this Jubilee certainly takes the cake. It is beautifully decorated. You know, it's, it's brand new. There's nothing like the smell of a, a brand new ship. Everything is sparkly and shiny and, and, you know, there's, there's things to see everywhere, up, down, sideways, you name it. Something's always catching your eye, but, you know, we made our way onto the ship pretty quickly and, and you enter the ship near the Grand Central area there and uh, you have a look around. We know to go straight, straight toward those elevators and, and right on up onto Lido and grab a, a bite to eat for lunch. And then, so it wasn't, there was there was hardly any weight at all, but it was it was gorgeous. I was talking to the, uh, Scott about this last week during Icon of the Seas and him giving some impressions there. Uh, so I'm going to ask the same thing on this one. When people first enter the ship right there in the atrium, how bad is the bottleneck there when you're boarding the ship? You know, they, there was a lot of the, the fun squad and some of the staff there that were motioning and, and you know, come this way, welcome this way. And they were they were keeping that really to a minimum. So it moves pretty quickly right there, but I think they're they're on top of it. I think they know that that if if they didn't have someone there kind of directioning people to the elevators or directioning people to Grand Central or or to directioning people toward muster stations and things like that, they they would probably have that. Yeah. But but I didn't see it on on the Jubilee. What kind of stateroom did you have for this seven night cruise, and what did you think of it throughout the week? You know, we tend to, we, we've stayed all over the ship in different locations and, and, you know, throughout 20 years of cruising, you know, we've, we've really never had a bad stateroom and, and we tend to, to have a higher stateroom, you know, in this particular time, we had a balcony room on Lido forward of the ship. So it was a great, great room location. We really enjoyed it, really enjoyed the, the, you know, the brand new room a lot of the different innovations and things like that that you you have in the new ships that you don't have on the older ships it made it really nice. It was a it was a great stateroom. Does this ship have the USB-C or only USB? It just has USB-C or the USBs. Yeah. On both sides of the bed has USBs on the nightstand. Plenty of plenty of places to to plug in electronics. Gotcha. Okay. And as far as the balcony space, what did you think about the size? Is it a typical carnival balcony? Yes, Doug. It's it's a standard carnival balcony. You know the the door oper the way the door operates is is just a a little unique compared to some of the older ones. But you know, I it, it's identical to the you know the celebration. 
and I'm assuming the Mardi Gras. It was great. It was it was perfect size. Had a couple of chairs out there. We could just kick back and watch the world sail away. You mentioned the balcony door was a little bit different. Talk to us about that. It, was it that child lock that was on there? I did notice the childproof setting on it was was pretty unique. But just the way that you know you you have to pull the latch up and the and the door actually pushes away from the wall makes it real easy to slide. And then once you slide it back into position and lower the latch back down, it it really just makes a really great seal. You don't have to worry about any wind noise or anything like that. It was it was flawless, really. Being on Lido deck, did you have any noise issues? You know, we didn't. And that's always a concern of mine. And I'm always looking whenever I'm looking at staterooms or trying to pick a stateroom. I always look to see what's above me, what's below me, what's around me. Just because, you know, once you uh, once you get in your stateroom and settle in for the evening, you want a, a nice quiet room. And we had no issues at all. On We were Lido forward. Uh, so there were staterooms above us, staterooms below us. And so it was it was a great location. Shifting gears and talking about dining, we'll start at the Lido Marketplace up there on the same deck that your cabin was. So how was the food there throughout the week? And what were your thoughts of the layout up there? It was it was great as far as a, a Lido goes. You know, the Lido's, as, as Carnival has transitioned throughout the years in their ships, they've, you know, the, the Lido area has changed. And I would say on the new XL class ships, and the same goes with the Jubilee here, uh, you know, there's always seems like there was a decent offering there. It does seem scaled down. If you if you remember maybe the Dream class ships or even, you know, the Vista and some of those had a had a really large Lido area. Whereas it seems like on to me, the celebration, the Jubilee the marketplace seems just a little bit different, a little smaller. The stations are kind of set up a little differently. And, uh, but, and it was the, the food variety changed throughout the week. I mean, it was all, as far as quality wise, was, was really nice. They had dessert sections, they had salad sections, they had, you know, your, your main course type sections with your meats and things like that. They were good. And of course, Carnival Lido breakfast is always solid on the on Carnival. You know what you're going to get. There was really no big surprises, but it does seem scaled back just a little bit as far as the the marketplace itself. Yeah. Now that you say that, I I'm thinking when you walk in there, it's definitely like there's not as many either islands like some of the ships have or the the buffet i guess the the lines in the buffet as far as like how long the space is is definitely a lot smaller yeah i think you're right on that yeah i think that may be something they were probably looking at was because in some of the older ships the the lines did get pretty long and you don't see a lot of long lines or at least i didn't see a lot of long lines on jubilee yeah, no, certainly. Um, now, outside of the Lido Marketplace, you have just a plethora of dining options. So let's go through those as far as like out by the pool, you have the Street Eats. Upstairs is Guy's Burger, Blue Iguana, Seafood Shack. Like, hit me with them. Would you go? Hit me with them. Where'd you go? And what'd you think of them? Yeah, so early in the morning for a change in breakfast, I, I would highly recommend the Blue Iguana. The Blue Guana area there where they have the, the fresh tacos, the fresh breakfast burritos in the morning is always a solid choice. The The street eats area, that's the ones that will kind of sneak up and get you because you'll be walking down Lido and you look over there and you go, oh, well, 
well, that's, that's different. That's pot stickers. I'd like to try one of those. And you just walk over and, and they hand you one and, you know, you may not even be hungry, but uh, you're definitely going to take advantage of some of the, the good eats there. So I would always highly recommend stopping by there and checking out to see what they have because every day is different and it's delicious. Everything uh, that we tried there in the, the street eats area was, was really good. You know, guys burger, what can you say? You know, I try to limit myself as much as I can because I, I know they're probably not the most healthiest thing in the world to eat. But I always try to, at least in a seven-day sailing, have one or maybe two of the old guys' burgers. And, and they're such a, such a great thing. The one that I've walked away from, and, you know, there's always that one thing you're sitting at home once you've been home for a few weeks and you're, you look over and you say, you know, I would really like to have a... Well, it's it's got to be Shaq's Big Chicken. Mm-hmm. Those chicken sandwiches on the back of the of the ship, they're on the aft portion of of Lido, are just out of this world. They are so good. You know, they've got all the fixings and everything there to to put on the the chicken sandwiches, and and I'm telling you that the Carnival hit it out of the ballpark when it came to Shaq's Big Chicken. That's the next guy's burger. I'm telling you, it's it. They're that good. You know, I haven't had fast food since January 1st of 2017. So what is that? Seven years at this point. Okay, so I eat cruise ship fast food like their pizza and the big chicken and guys burgers, but nothing on land like McDonald's and stuff like that. But this big chicken takes me back to Chick Fil A. It might even be better. Yes, definitely. So I, I would even say that some <laughs> it's it's probably in my opinion, just a little tastier than Chick-fil-A just because you can, you can pile on the sides, you know, yourself. So it's, it's definitely a home run. I was watching one of the corporate chefs, I believe it was for Big Chicken, and he was kind of going over how to do the proper chicken sandwich or the breakfast sandwich. And he was showing, oh, no, that's too much sauce or pull a piece of chicken off and making sure everyone was right. So you'll, you know, for quality control and everyone tastes the same across every ship. Definitely. So I, you can tell that, I mean, they had it down pat. Down on deck eight, there's some other dining options as well. Did you get to check out any of that? Yeah, we sure did, Doug. There's one thing I can say about these XL class ships is that you are not going to run out of options for food. In fact, I, I would go as far as far to say that you could you could literally eat in, in specialty dining and never even touch the dining room, which is which is a shame because there there are some really good offerings in the, in the main dining rooms as well. But you know, we checked out on the on the Jubilee, the Cachina del Capitano, just a tip out there, Cachinas and the I believe it's Chebang. Those are both complimentary on this ship. And so, you know, we did a couple nights at Shebang, which which is a Tex-Mex toss-up. You know, you've got a menu you can order. You can, well, it's, I wouldn't say Tex-Mex. I would say Mex and like a Chinese or an Oriental uh, style. And you can choose from either or or both or a combination of and have just some some really good dinners there at Shebang's. One thing I would note about Shebang's, if you're looking for a quiet place to have dinner, that's probably not it. It just seems like there is such a a roar of the crowd when you get that place full and everybody's having a good time and, and everybody's having their Mexican and Chinese dinners. It just seems like the, the there's it just gets loud in there for, you know, it's it's a happening place. You also have that dragon walking around, too. <laughs> 
Yeah, they, they do all kinds of little things like that that, that make it a, a really interesting experience. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a, it's a cool, cool place. There's also, uh, like I said, Kachinas. We, we had Kachinas one night, and I wish we would have went back another night. It's, it's really good. It's always a solid favorite of our family. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a great experience. And it is, it's a little quieter atmosphere, too, in Kachinas. The main dining room, we we tried to hit the main dining room at least a few nights. There's a few things always on the menu that we always want to try to try to catch in the main dining room. And it was great. We had some really good servers. We had anytime dining, which was really, really worked out well for our family. We utilized the app to set the, you know, to make your, your dining reservations in all the different locations. And that made it very very convenient to, you know, you could be in the stateroom and and decide, you know, go to dinner and then, you know, start to get ready, get on the app, you know, check the wait time on the app and they, you know, within 15 or 20 minutes, your table's ready. And by the time you've walked down, you, they just walk you right in the restaurant. It, it works out really nice. How did the timing work out for you? So when you open the app and you're like, okay, we're ready to dine, and it shows you there's a 15 to 20 minute wait, is that pretty much right on time, like within that time frame? As far as our experience goes, whenever you reserved the table, whatever that time frame was, it was almost to the minute. Mm-hmm. There was actually a couple times where we had checked in and it was, you know, 20 to 30 minute wait. And you know, we got there a little early. And so there were still 15 minutes or so left. And it actually, you know, we got in quicker. So it was actually just a, a little quicker than what they had put on the app. So, but they were, you know, as soon as you were ready, you know, you walked up there and, and the hostess asked you what table you were at. And then they whisked you away to your table and and it was it worked out flawlessly. Really. Carnival's really leaning into Texas with this ship. Did you get to try any of that barbecue chicken pizza over at the pizza place or the barbecue pulled pork sandwich at the deli? So we tried pizza one evening there because we sell as a family. My daughter was with us and, and she's real really likes their pepperoni pizza, which is, you know, pretty much a staple. Mm-hmm. But I did try the barbecue pizza and it was really good. Now, we just walked up and asked you know, for the pizza. And there wasn't much of a line and it didn't take them long and they had it ready for us. So so you had the anytime dining, which was in the aft end or the back of the ship. So did you have any issues with service while you were in there or were things pretty expedited? It went out pretty fast for you. Yeah, Doug, it was, it was you know, what you would expect from Carnival in the main dining room. Uh, the servers were, were great. You know, every time we got different servers, that's one thing about anytime dining is is that you end up going to the dining room and you, you don't get that week-long conversation with your server, the same server every time, which I do miss that, uh, don't get me wrong, because I, I really enjoy getting to know the crew on board. But everyone that we had that waited on us and took care of us in the dining room did a did an outstanding job. They were, you know, you could tell that it wasn't their first contract, definitely. So they were, they were, you know, by the this is the this was the third sailing of the Jubilee, and by the third sailing, they had everything down. They, there was not a lot of confusion. One thing I do, you know, throughout the years that we've noticed with Carnival is, you know, they've downsized the amount of staff that they've had in the dining rooms, and I think that plays to there's so many different offerings around the ship as far as you know all the specialty restaurants, and and so people 
don't just all show up at the same time in the dining room and pack them out like they used to. And so I'm sure they're diversifying where the crew go and whatnot. And you can, you know, from, from the service and the experience, you know, from 15 years ago, there's definitely a difference, but you know, with, with the crew that we had helping us in the dining room, they did a great job. How was the entertainment for the seven nights? You know, the entertainment was good, Doug. We watched a few of the different shows that they offered. They have, of course, you know, they've got the old traditional love and marriage shows, kind of fun game, game night type stuff that, that was good, entertaining. Uh, the Family Feud was really fun to watch. Now, their production shows were, were good. There was one, I'm trying to remember the name of it, Doug. It was something about Dear Future Husband or something like that. It played early in the sailing was really a good, good show. You could tell the, the cast was still getting used to everything, but they were, they did a great job. They had great vocalists and things like that. And then this was, you know, they played these shows in the, the forward theater, which is, I believe the name of it is the Jubilee theater. It's the two deck theater. That's, that's down on the lower decks there. I think it's on six and seven, if I'm not mistaken, but, you know, they, they did a great job. Those theaters are not the big glamorous theaters of, say, the the dream class and things like that. These are, you know, they're a smaller theater. They don't hold as many. I want to say it holds somewhere in the neighborhood of, of five to six hundred, if I'm not mistaken. So they're not a huge theater. And you could tell when the one downfall, I would say, throughout the whole cruise that I that I noticed was the huge because they would close the doors to the theater before they let you in the theater. They would open the doors 30 minutes before the show. Well, if you didn't get down to the theater within, I would say, 15 minutes or 20 minutes before the doors were even opened into the theater, you you were probably not going to get a seat in the theater. It got so jam-packed right there around that stairwell, that forward stairwell, that people were backed up into the casino. And so it was... It made it a little a little rough come showtime to get into the theater. And then, of course, you know, you had people showing up 10 or 15 minutes before showtime that would walk in and walk down the aisles and around the front and then out the back because there was no chairs. So I thought it was I thought it was interesting that it was just there was just simply not enough room for everybody. But I hand it to the, the cast and the crew. They. They offered the show multiple times throughout the week to give everybody an opportunity to see the show that wanted to see the show. Carnival has invested a, a huge amount on the Grand Central area, and it's such an amazing piece of hardware. Really, when you go to thinking about it, technically speaking, those the screens and how they move and all of the lights and the, and the smoke and the, the lasers and the whole nine yards, you know, it's, a, it's really a technological marvel you know, the the big wall there. But they really, they only utilized it just a handful, I would say a few times on our sailing or some variety shows and variety acts. There wasn't any great big shows in the central area, which, you know, <clears throat> let's face it, there's not a ton of of seating available really in that Grand Central area when they did have the shows, even on the celebration. You know, and it was kind of odd because, you know, people were walking around back around where the Java Blue and all that is and, you know, in the middle of the shows. And it's kind of an odd concept, but it's a 
it's a it's quite the technological marvel, but it it seems like they it's not utilized quite as much as it probably could on the Jubilee. How were the sea days as far as crowds and congestion? Doug, the sea days were were great. Just like any cruise, you know, when you have a, a, a beautiful sunny day out, it gets sometimes a little more congested up on Lido. But one thing I will say about the Jubilee is you could always go somewhere and find a place to sit. There is seating around Lido, above Lido, in front of Lido, behind Lido. It seemed like it was everywhere up on the top decks. The areas up there always offered really good seating. And you could always, you could even find a a quiet place if you wanted to, if you went up to Serenity and some of those areas. And a couple of days during those sea days, I simply went up and fell asleep. So it was, it was great. When you're piling so many people into a ship, a point of contention is always going to be the elevators. How were they on your sailing? You know, I, I take the elevators about half the time, but I did overhear several people asking or, or commenting about the elevators. Two things. They said, boy, these elevators are very speedy. They're very quick. And then I've also heard people saying, boy, these elevators are a lot smaller than other elevators that we've been on. So there's, you know, you, you're getting, you know, kind of the best of both worlds, I guess, with the elevators. But, you know, there's always folks standing around waiting on an elevator, it seems like. Um, but the, the elevators move pretty quickly. Sometimes you have to wait, you know, help somebody get on or off with, you know, with one of the mobility scooters or something like that. But, you know, everybody, it seemed like everybody on this ship was, were just happy to be on the cruise. So there wasn't a whole lot of complaining or anything. As far as the ports of call, you had a few here. So what we'll do is give us the first one, give us your highlight, and then we'll move on to the next one. Well, Doug, we started out, we had a couple sea days right off the bat, and then we went on to first port of call was Mahogany Bay, Roatan which we've been there a few times. That's a carnival has a a really nice little beach area there to jump off. And they've got their little shopping village there. They've got zip lining and all sorts of water toys and a great little beach area there. They've even got the, the ski lift style lift that goes from one end to the other. And they've got a, a nice little nature trail there that you can take. And it's, it's a good little place to, to jump off and, and enjoy the day. Some of their shops, I would would say, if maybe throw out a tip that if you're on this itinerary, some of the shops there in Mahogany Bay probably had some of the best prices out of all the stops that we've been to on this sailing. So we found that the pricing there on their shops and stuff was was very economical. You know, we always jump on the ski lift just because we we it's pretty inexpensive to do and it it's fun. And you can hop on, hop off. You can sit there and ride it around in circles as many times as you'd like. There's The beach is always nice there. It does seem to get a little bit crowded. The beach does. But there's also some shore excursions and things that you can take. The zip lining is a lot of fun there as well. It offers a big, long drop on the on the zip line across a big moat. And it, it, it's really a lot of fun. So there's there's a lot of things to do there. We enjoyed the day spending time on the beach, taking a lot of pictures. I, I was able to get a, a few good shots of, of the Jubilee sitting there on the pier, uh, which is nice. So that's basically what we did that day. Just enjoyed the port. And then it's on to Costa Maya, Mexico. Costa Maya was great. You know, we hadn't been there in in a, a few years, actually. So things had changed. 
I remember the first time we went to Costa Maya years ago, Doug, literally there was no street. It was made of sand. It was kind of like a, a gravel road for lack of better terms with a few shops down it. And my, how things have changed. It's, it is a, such a, a nice little place to stop. There's, they've really, they have a huge pool there that's really nice. You can literally watch them swim with dolphins right there off the pier. It's, it's a great location, but they have a lot of great things you can do just right there around the pier. There's, of course, lots of excursions, like I said, swim with dolphins, that sort of thing is all offered there. The pricing and stuff we noticed on in Costa Maya, it tend to be a little more expensive than, than Mahogany Bay, but you know, you can you can still find a place to crack open a coconut and enjoy a fresh coconut or a pina colada or and sit back and have the fish eat the skin off your feet and all all the crazy things that, that people can find to do there in Costa Maya. But it was a it was a, a great port great port that day. We were there from eight to five, Doug, and so it was you know, by the time we usually got off the ship, it was, you know, we had a few hours to kind of hang out and do a few things and enjoy our time there, then back on board. Have you done the feet fish or fish feet, whatever it is? We did it for uh, our family thing last Christmas. It was wild. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've, I've looked at it and I, and I kid with my wife about it quite a bit. And I told her, I, you know, I'd pay to, to let her do that if she, if she really wanted to. And she just kindly declined. But uh, no, I I never have, and uh, it's always funny just to watch them to do that. Yeah. But uh, no, no, I've never tried the uh, never tried it. Just always been a spectator, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and your final port was Cozumel. How was that? Cozumel is Cozumel, Doug. It's you know, to me, it feels like home. We've we've probably sailed the and been on Cozumel. Oh my goodness, it, it seems like every year for the last twenty and sometimes multiple times a year. So it, it just kind of feels like home. Uh, Cozumel is is a great port, probably my favorite Mex Paul for sure. They've got a great area there where you get off the pier and you can look around and, and shop. But I encourage people to go out, grab a taxi at least, and explore the city if you're not going to do anything else. We we have a beach that we traditionally go to when we're there. It's called Palanacar Beach, and it's it's quite a ways down the aisle island we usually jump out and grab a taxi and head down there and the beach has changed so much over the years used used to it was just a, a handful of guys and a and a and a small tiki bar you know next to the water and it was just it was so so rustic and and so awesome but it's changed so much throughout the years now it's it's a it's just a nice beach where where you can have a really nice authentic meals and they've got loungers and all kinds of stuff there they'll take you out snorkeling they'll take you they'll take you fishing they'll take you you know out on a sea do or whatever you want to do there but it still has that small i would say family feel to it at that beach and it, and it was great we we enjoyed the day we had we had some fresh seafood cooked there we 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 did some some swimming and it was it was great. It was, you know, it just felt like to us, it felt like going home. It's just a special place for us. But I, you know, if you're looking for more of a, I would say a livelier atmosphere or maybe a, a more party atmosphere or something like that, where you could really let your hair down, you know, there's always Mr. Sancho's and, and all of those type of Playa Mia and, and different places along the way that, that you can go to. And all of them are pretty highly recommended. But there's, there is literally something for everyone in Cozumel, Mexico. So you can't go wrong with Cozumel. 
Yeah. So even the shopping in the downtown area, you know, is is really good. And you know, you can you can wheel and deal with some of the folks there in the downtown area. And it always makes it fun. It has been fascinating watching Cozumel change and evolve through the years. Yeah, definitely. So Doug, it's changed. It's, it's changed remarkably. I, I can remember going back to Cozumel even after the hurricane and, and the, and literally the, the Island was almost wiped clean. And, and it's just amazing how much that it's regrown and and rebirth and the, the jungle, the forest and the, vegetation has all, you know, grown massively again. And, uh, you know, of course, all of the development and, uh, and tourism and stuff that, that brings a lot of money into Cozumel. And it's, it's really just a, a great, great destination. So yeah. we've, and we've even talked about going there, you know, and spending, you know, a couple of days, three or four days, uh, just at it, one of the all-inclusive or something just to kind of kick back and enjoy it. Cause it really is some of the most beautiful water there is, I believe, uh, anywhere in the Mexico area. So heading back, you have that CA. Let me ask you, because there's been some nasty weather in the Gulf uh, this past, well, this whole season, really, with docks getting banged up and ships staying overnight. How was your trip back to Galveston? You know, we did have, on the way back, Doug, we did get into a little bit of rougher weather. There was a little bit of wind, and, and it always seems like to me, whenever you're making your way back to port, after that last port of call, it seems like you're trying to make a little time <laughs> and maybe that's just, you know, my speculation as you're making your headway back into the wind, but we did get into a little bit of rougher, a little bit of rougher seas. You could, you could tell, I mean, every once in a while you'd feel a little bobble, but you know, the Jubilee took it like a champ and, and it was, it was great. You know, it, it was when we had left home, you know, we were, we knew the temperatures were going to drop and, you know, when you got into Galveston, I believe the temperatures were in the high 50s and 60s. Once we got into Cozumel and some of that area, you know, we were looking at the high 80s, almost 90 some days. Just beautiful, beautiful weather. But on that last day back, we we could tell the temperature was definitely changing. It was it was starting to get into that low 60s, into the 50s. And, you know, when we got back to Galveston, it was pretty much back to reality. The cold had set in. And by the time we had made it home, we were we were looking at almost single digit temperatures. Yikes. How was the debark getting off of Jubilee? Jubilee debark was worked out great. You know, they send the letter to the cabin and, and say, you know, if you're this is what time you need to, to be at this location and and be ready to debark. We we self assist. We we carry our bags off with us We've learned throughout the years that if you just pack light, you know, it just makes things so much easier. So, you know, we, we basically all have a carry on and we can just zip right down and right out and we're in location. We actually were supposed to be at the Jub- go into the Jubilee Theater to wait for debarkation early that morning. But, you know, as soon as we exited the elevators and, and rounded the corner, they were, the line had started and we just, you know, dropped into the line there and waited. We might have waited five minutes. And then once the U.S. border gave the clearance, they opened the gangway and out we went. We probably It probably took, from the time we left the stateroom to the time we were on the curb, it was probably 20 minutes, 25 minutes at the max. So it was, it was really flawless. I forgot to ask you, for the Wi-Fi, did you have it at all? And if so, how were the speeds? 
Yes, we yeah we did get the internet, Doug, just to kind of keep track of things back home and a few different things and 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 you know keep touch with everyone. It was it was great. I mean, you could literally do anything you wanted to do on your phone, anything you needed to do on a tablet or well on your your laptop. It was the speeds were great. I didn't run a speed test, which I kind of wish I would have now, but there was no lag time at all. So, And as far as the this casino is massive on deck seven here on uh, Carnival Jubilee, well, on all these Excel class ships, as far as the smoking situation. Now, when I was on board, of course, it hasn't been smoked in yet. So there was, I couldn't, there was no comparison. How was it during your sailing? <laughs> well, well, Doug, I could say that it hadn't been smoked in much on our sailing. I mean, it's only the third sailing. So, you know, on, on this, this particular, on the XL class ships and especially this one, you know, there's two sections. There's a, there's a smoke-free section. There's a, there is a smoking section. Now you take one of those nights where everybody is in there and, you know, they're hot and heavy. There's not a machine open anywhere in the smoking section. You know, it's a smoking section, but it didn't seem super overpowering now, if you go over into the non-smoking section, you smell nothing. You smell nothing at all. And they've got, they, I do believe they use wind curtains along with some really nice sliding doors and stuff that will operate pretty quickly. So those coming in and out of the casino area and the smoking side, it, it really, you didn't smell it walking up toward the casino before you got into that area or around that area. Again, this was the third sailing. So, you know, time will tell, but I do believe that they, they work pretty hard on exchanging that air pretty quickly and efficiently nowadays as compared to some of the older ships. Any first-time tips to offer someone who is either sailing Jubilee or going to the Western Caribbean? You know, Doug, just uh, just go out and enjoy their sails and pick a cruise. I highly recommend Carnival. There's a lot of great cruise brands out there. Uh, the Western Caribbean is a great itinerary. Uh, show up with an open mind and just relax. You're on vacation. No, no need to, to worry once you get on board and uh, just enjoy yourself. I mean, it's a cruise, Doug. You know, I've been on a lot of them and still to date, I've never been on a bad one. I hear you. Looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for y'all? You know, Doug, it was just time to, to relax, unplug away from everything back home and and just relax and, and enjoy time together and, you know, squeeze the lemon, they say you know, get the most out of the day every day and, you know, just enjoy being there, being close to the sea, smelling the the air and just enjoying that time away. 100%, man. I love what you said there. We're not promised tomorrow. All right. Your final thoughts of Carnival Jubilee. It's been a long time since I was on the Jubilee and this Jubilee does not disappoint. So I highly recommend it to anybody. Been talking with Joe about his seven-night cruise on Carnival Jubilee. Joe, always good talking to you, my friend. Thank you so much for stopping by and sharing. Oh, you're welcome, Doug. It's my pleasure. Just back from a cruise? Let's talk about it. Email Doug at cruiseradio.net. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. 
Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.